Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. I'm Marshall. That's the guys. This is the Community Pub. And tonight I am drinking, uh, I have no idea even how to pronounce it, but it's from Deep Elling Brewing Company, Confetti No something. I don't know. It's a hazy IPA. Uh, very well done. They did a great job. Has anybody ever been down to Deep Elling? It's in Dallas. It uh, used to be a kind of more of a rougher cool district but now it's turned into you know use a lot of tattoo you go get piercing back in the days a lot of biker bars and kind of a rough type of area but fun to go to uh, now it's turned into more of like an artsy and restauranty district uh, as it developed through the years but deep ellum down in dallas is a cool little place if you're ever there it's a good place to go check out definitely good grub to get all right so uh what's everybody drinking tonight uh lucas good to see you on buddy what uh what are you sipping on oh just the classics but light all right classic with you okay <laughs> all right cooking with nick looks like we got something ready already starting to cook up what are you cooking man what are you sipping on sipping on angels envy bourbon i just made myself a smoked old-fashioned because i got a smoked old-fashioned kit for christmas so we just tried that out and i gotta say it's pretty bad um yeah, but i'm gonna make some kind of pasta i've got um tomatoes i've got bacon i've got pasta i've got everything i need to make me a down like a nice comfort meal for myself so uh i have no recipe here i'm gonna wing it like i usually do with pasta and see what we come up with hey like i have that. a good feeling about it i do too i've got a good feeling that your belly's gonna enjoy it yeah. <laughs> all right dustin uh what are you sipping on tonight uh couch fire couch fire again and then and then i do have a yingling hershey's chocolate porter this is my last couch fire it's sad didn't make it to the liquor store tonight so uh enjoying every sip and then we'll move on to the yingling hershey's what is couch fire <laughs> remember i told you it's no. a beer design it's an american ale no i always designed, ask every time like it makes yeah, no sense brand- the whole couch fire thing is because West Virginia University, when we win, the college <laughs> students have a bad habit of burning couches in the street. It, just, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Preston, man, thanks for hopping in. Uh, what are you sipping on tonight? Uh, it's a Imperial Double IPA uh, called Fordham Double D. It's probably one of my favorite right here in Dover, Delaware. So um, it's got a lot of mango and tropical fruits in it and then brewed with citra. So it's always fairly tasty. Oh, yeah. Nicely done, Preston. I like it. That's what we kind of like to enjoy. A lot of those hazy IPAs, little citron notes mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, no? mm-hmm. yeah it's always good. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. Just got back from dinner. I'm working on a margarita from the restaurant. There you go. <laughs> wait, what? No, margarita. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we go still. We're still in COVID over here. <laughs> Delaware <laughs> yeah, lets you to go drinks in a lot of places. That's crazy. Oh, to go margarita. Huh? It's wild. <laughs> that is wild. That's pretty wild. Derek? I have, it's called Hop Hands. It's from Tired Hands Brewing Company. And it's a, it's a, our American pale ale, according to the label. It's uh, got a bunch of weird ass, like Dr. Seuss style like, hands on it. 
Okay. Wow. It's pretty good. It's it's but it's no citra. It's just straight hop. Straight hop, huh? Yeah, straight, straight hop. hops. Hop Brutal. hands. Brutal. John from Einstein. Oh, you're on mute, man. Uh unmute yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha. I got your beat. I got some uh Kush uh root beer beer. Kush oh. root beer, it beer. Really, It's called Keith Bubba Kush root beer. <laughs> <laughs> With the uh, HC, so we'll just see how the night goes. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Let us know. Let us know how you like it. Uh, yeah, Mr. Nick Walters has jumped in tonight. Sipping on a nooner, are you, or, or not? You, you got a uh, nooner there with you? Water. We, oh. we got a full house over here, Marty. <laughs> got to be sharp. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. I guess so. All right, let's start off with the little warning note that I found earlier for all those uh, Dodge truck detailers. Dustin, you know what the uh, the big warning that we're seeing around lately with people detailing Dodge trucks? Any any idea of what what you know happens on your amazing vehicles? I I can't say that I do. I don't have any issues over here in, uh, in my shop in Dodge truck land. Like I said, right now it looks like a damn dealership. So. How many you got there? Five? Uh, four. 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 Wow, it's more than a Honda yeah. store has down the street of new Hondas. So you're, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah. You're doing good. Yeah, it's, it's looking pretty wild, but we'll the, take uh, I love them. Here's, here's a little tip or caution or warning that you want might want to get. Have you experienced a code after you've cleaned out a Dodge truck that said that the gear shifter was having an issue? You ever seen that? Apparently, um, I saw saw this in a group. Apparently, it is a common big issue that if you get too much liquid and you're cleaning around the little knob is that goes to twist the uh, you twist to get it in drive or park or neutral. If you get too much liquid around that, it malfunctions and you have to go into the dealership and they got to replace it. There's people talking about multiple units they've had to replace. So. Fortunately, I guess you haven't had to do that. And let's let's get into it then, right? Because one of the talks we wanted to have tonight was on interior detailing and when to use a Tornador. Maybe this guy or maybe some of the people that had issues with that Dodge truck, maybe they were using the Tornador that, uh, you know, has the liquid and it shoots down and sprays all over into all the areas or they use the spray bottle and they just got too much around. Some people say you can't get around those areas. And that is an area that people are saying that causes some issues. So we're mostly going to be talking tonight. Everybody has gone and looked at the specialist group. It's a hyper clean specialist group on Facebook. And there was a post in there. There was a really good post about, uh, uh, about a tornador, right? And about when to use it. But Cody was going through and cleaning out a vehicle and as he was cleaning, he wanted to shoot a video for us, and he showed us how he was using the Tornador. And I saw a whole lot of debris there, and this isn't a discussion on if you should use a Tornador, right? Because I think we could probably go around hands up. Everybody besides Nick is going to have used the, the Tornador. Nick is like an adamant vortex of Tornador. He hates him. Nick, why do you hate him so much? Why would I reduce the amount of air? If, if my whole goal is to get stuff out of the carpet, why wouldn't I use a more direct air system? Well, I don't know. I'm, not against, I'm not against air, but why, why wouldn't I use more direct air? Which is they, what uh, we they use. claim. They claim that their tool 
maybe it's not as direct, but it's more circular, creates a little bit more space for you. And then the rotation of the flapper going around the little yeah. everything, it, it creates a tornado tornado oh, Nick. Cool. that's why that's i don't why buy people... everything on late night tv either i mean i guess we just got a group of people that that love the shit on late night i mean what are we talking about here this is crazy i was gonna uh, with the tornado though it 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 kind of almost like beats the carpets like a little bit like as it as it's blowing out if you ever blow it on your hands you feel it kind of hitting and it hits everything up that's why i love mine i have the vortex one though yeah so what I do mean, you use nick direct air i just use a direct nozzle why, why so if, if like an air if, pick yeah like you know a direct air if i'm going to do this and i okay. want to get stuff out of the carpet i want as much air to get it out of the carpet nick some people would say though that you're just shooting stuff straight back down instead of using no, the, the cool I didn't, I didn't, technology I didn't say go of like a tornado this. i didn't i didn't say it goes directly down you can go at an angle it'll go it'll it's a mad air is magic it'll actually just lift it right out of the carpet Here's the deal. It's cool if you guys buy stuff off QVC. I'm not judging that. Okay? I'm not judging it. Uh, I'm not. Uh, we all got... I just use air how it's meant to be used. It's it's no big deal. Like, I, I don't mean, know why I get so much hate. I, you guys want to waste your time. That's cool with me. I mean, Dust, it takes you a lot longer. Dustin, man, how do you feel? Because you you pretty much have given your, your right testy for, for these uh, Tornadors. I mean, you, you kind of live and die by them. So how do you take that? Yeah. Man, I'm dying over here. This this is hilarious. Uh, I, I couldn't live without a tornador. <laughs> like my guys use them daily. I use it daily. I'm with you. I don't. I can't. Like I, we used to detail with them air picks, dude. Back in the day, there's no way I could go back to using it. Absolutely yeah, so, no way. So tornador, look, there, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, the a nice. You know rubber tipped straight air good to go everybody has their preference i'm cool with it marty keeps bringing up that i don't like the tornador so i have to i have to school some people like dude at some point i gotta stand up for myself here i'm with you man if it works in your process great i don't enjoy wasting time so <laughs> i don't waste my time and i got one by the way there's one in my shop you can see it i've given it every piece of shot i can I, it just doesn't work for me Damn, you let's call dog Frank. hair in a minute you need some dog hair in your life that's what it is here's a funny thing just <laughs> just did just did my just did my uh my personal vehicle where two dogs got taken again direct air on the back cargo area it was out in two seconds and i didn't have to get two two centimeters from it to make it work either so i i don't know i, that, I mean uh, all right, so so the thing that always bugs me about the tornador and where people love to go on groups and they they brag about the tornador, what bugs me about the tornador is is what you just said. When you try and go clean a carpet, right? It's way too slow, and you got to go in this real slow, and you got to keep this pattern, and that's the tornador part, and it's supposedly sucking everything up as you go. And I think that's what Nick's referring to is you're really trying to get all that, and you got to go super slow to get that out. Brian, do you use a tornador? Is it a thing for you? Do you like them? What's your what's your go to? We're gonna go back to the last time I was on that I hate interiors. And I try not to do them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the tornador is the least of my problems. <laughs> uh, now I, we we do have them. My guys use them. Uh, I mean, I, I see what Nick's saying. 
um, about using direct air and stuff like that. Uh, they they can cause more problems, but it's I want to say it's almost like a comfort thing. You got this tool in your hand, you're kind of blowing stuff around. It's it's it seems like it has a scrubbing action, but also I try not to do completely filthy, dirty cars interiors where it's you you know where you're just trying to beat the hell out of carpet to get it. Too. So if it's fairly like Nick's saying, you take direct air and just kind of you're blowing out what you blow out and wipe down. But I mean, there is I do see a use use for them. Well, we have them in our shop. I think I have like two of them or something. John and Ronshine, think you're a tornador guy, huh? I do both, and and whether it's chemical or not chemical, um, I am. There is no wasting time when I'm doing it because I. Yeah, Nick. I hate not wasting time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! But I'm good at it, and and one of the reasons why is because I've got a process in place that includes um, the that tool that it it cuts my time down and, and I'm not going to sit there and scrub and, and get close with the vacuum and try to let the vacuum get it. I'm not going to beat the hell out of the vacuum. I'm just going to let the tool do its job, knock it out real fast, be good to go. And I've been efficient, very efficient with that. So I love it. Hands down. I will always use it. Cool. Preston. Uh, so I have one. I've used it maybe three times. Um, I tried it with the chemical. It's made everything foggy. And I was like, this is stupid. Um, I don't really blow much besides like blowing stuff underneath the seats I can't get to. I'd rather just suck everything up. So it's more of a dust collector sits on the shelf and kind of looks cool, but yeah, I wasn't a big <laughs> fan. Cool, man. Thanks for hopping on. Lucas? Oh, Tornador is, is the Cadillac of detailing tools. Like I couldn't live without it. Oh, it's it just it's essential. You, oh, uh, Nick has to be the first detailer I've ever met that's used a Tornador and then says, you know what, I'm going to go back to straight air because I feel like everyone uses a Tornador for the first time and is like, yep, this is the one. Once you go Tornador, you never go back, huh? Exactly. Now, are we talking name brand or are we talking, you know, like the knockoffs? Because there's so many. Either one. Well, either that's one. another testament to why the Tornador is the Tornador. There's what, five, 10, 15 brands that make a Vortex tool, which is it's Every- common noun, but everyone just calls it the Tornador because yeah. everyone uses it. Yeah, sort of like clay bar. Anybody? Trivia question? Who was the first company to come out with a clay bar? Anybody know? Wires? No. Hey, Magic. SM Arnold. Mm, Auto Magic. That's the first one I remember. Mm. They were the ones that had the patent on it, and nobody else could use a, a clay bar until their patent expired, and then everybody else was able to sell the clay bar. Yeah, that is interesting because same sort of with Tornador. So Tornador was first brought into the country, and they had an international patent on it for a long time by uh, a mom and pops type of organization out of Texas, and. Uh, Tornador was bought uh, maybe three, four years ago, something like that, from a, a bigger brand that uh, that took these guys out. But, you know, they were happy to retire, and they were good good family-run operation. Uh, you would call down there by the phone, and the, the lady would pick it up, and you would make your order right there as a distributor, you know, over the phone with this old lady in a in a place. You know, it was, it was cool. I, uh, good people down there. But some of the things that I think is pushing Nick's envelope of what takes too long is when you look at, for me, and Derek, this is what you and I had talked about a little bit, is when I saw that video, I go, wow, that's just got way too much debris. I'm not going to try and be cleaning out. This is me, right? My process, what I would do. He likes to go through and spray and clean all everything out. But to me, I have way too much debris 
I would have found it a lot easier to just vacuum all that up first. So that's kind of one of the questions that we wanted to dive into is, do you guys have a, a, a formula in a sense? You know, John, you said you've got it down to perfection and you're, you're really great at it. When do you decide to use the Tornador? When is enough debris vacuumed up? Do you immediately just start using your Tornador at the first and you don't even vacuum? You know, how do you intermix your vacuum to Tornador, John? So how I've done, I've done it both ways to really, uh, and, and I did it on, on two different vehicles that were almost equally nasty. And I did it both ways to see exactly which one was more efficient. And what I always do, no matter what that's out, and I do a quick five minute vacuum on everything. I got five minutes, that's it. I do a vacuum on everything as much as I can. Then I actually use the Tortador and, and blow everything out. Because there's, my opinion, just what I've seen is people blowing dirt and everything else like that, you know, you get something in your eye, next thing you know what, you, you, you're screwed. You know, you get a sty in your eye or something like that. So I always back, light back, then blow it out. And then my final vacuum is after the very end, after I've already worked it. But I always get all the big pieces with the vacuum first. It just, that cuts my time down tremendously. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it just seems like too much to do if you got too much debris going on. Wesley, good to see you, brother. Are you, uh, do you ever get into using Tornador? Do you get in that that much into the detailing part of it, or you you just stick with Nick's approach and just do a little light air over the surface? Uh, occasionally, I've got one. I've got both. I've got a bunch of different little straight air tools, and one just to blow out the garage, and a short one for blowing out interior stuff. But I mean, I like it. I do like it. I don't I don't use it every time, but um, you know it. It just depends. I really like to take, like, if, if mats are really dusty, I like to take them out and lay them on the, you know, lay them on the garage floor and blast them out with the Tornador. There's a bunch of crap that comes out of them just from the, you know, the percussion, the agitation of the, you know, it beating up the fibers or whatever. So A lot of fun. Do hey, like do you want to go ahead and enlighten the community on what you uh, inform me about with uh... – Apparently I was informed with a little bit of false information about the Murano and you're the, <laughs> you're the expertise inside of community. And uh, thanks for, thanks for giving us the correction, man. No worries. No, I mean, I, I have no future info for Murano, but. Oh I no, know... but just, it's, it's not really going to be discontinued, I guess, huh? No. Yeah. No, there's, you know, they're looking at the future of Murano. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's so, awesome. That's awesome. I know yeah. you can't. I didn't, I didn't mean to do. It. I just you had no, corrected everybody, and so you know, you corrected. So I just like, hey, everybody, like, actually yeah. inside, like, hey, Murano, is that's just yeah. it's not well, dead. I, I it sounded like you were interested in Murano, and you passed it up because you thought it was going to go away. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that is uh, a big reason. Case. That's a big so. reason. I I hope they bring back that really high top that they used to have when it first came out. No, I'm joking. That was terrible. Oh, I did not understand like why that first the Murano cross cabriolet had that big yeah. giant yeah. to it. Like that oh, was no, horrible. No. Are you it's talking about the uh, Murano convertible? No, my sister had a Murano when she went to I think it was her sophomore year of college or something like that. So it would have been uh, late '90s, probably like '90. No, mid nineties, like ninety five, and uh, and had this big giant rooftop to it. Oh, okay, oh, crazy, yeah. crazy. I was th I was thinking of the uh, the Murano convertible, which is hilarious. But yeah, those fun were fun to see in the wild. I mean, you yeah. want to take your top down yeah. on the Murano? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, the only reason that vehicle existed was because a, uh, a VP's wife really wanted a convertible Murano, so they made it happen, and it ha- it, it happened. I'll just and then that. 12 people in the United <laughs> States got one. <laughs> well, we have one in the uh, Nissan North America Heritage Collection. It's <laughs> Absolutely have that Heritage <laughs> Collection. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's like the, All right. uh, the, the evoke. Love it, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping in. Uh, Lucas, what, what's your process like with the toner? I mean, how do you go? It's, it's your number one tool. So what do you look for? How do you do your carpets? What is it that's the way you go about uh, your process? So it's a 50, 50, if it's not too dirty, I'll just jump right in with the torn door and blast all the schmutz out of the carpets and then run my final vacuum after that. And generally, I'll I'll blast the carpets first, then go through the rest of the interior from the top down to blow all the loose bullshit out of everything to see what I have to clean. And it just gives you a good general idea of what has to be cleaned a little more or what can be taken care of easily with just a wipe. Then once everything's loosened up and on the floor and out of the cracks and crevices between the seats under the seat, run around with my vacuum, scoop it up, and then move on from there. Um, If it's got, like, just piles of sand or piles of rubble, Lots of just bullshit laying there. I'll do a quick, you know, minute and a half, quick suck up the big piles of shit with the vacuum, then run to the Tornador. Um, and in some cases on things like uh, Chevy Traverse or anything that has really shitty chintzy carpet that's usually full of sand and debris and crap that's really hard to vacuum or even blow out just dry, I'll take a little bit of the HyperClean interior cleaner and just lightly yep. mist it on there, let it sit for a second, and then blast that out with the Tornador. And I'll follow along it with my crevice tool or just in front of it to suck it up as it blasts out. And that does like the, the best job of getting shit loose from all the cheap interior fabrics. Those rails, getting those rails cleaned up. Oh, those rails can kiss my oh. ass. I hate GM yeah. just for that. Yeah. Interior yeah. Of door, blast it out. Yeah, the Tornador and interior cleaner and just it's such a versatile tool. I only use the dry version just because I don't like aspirating chemicals. Um, and I don't see a big difference versus spraying it on, brushing it and blowing it out versus, uh, I mean, I have a wet tool once in a while I'll I'll toss water in it and it seems to do an okay job, but my favorite is just spray, brush, blow out, wipe. And that seems to be. So yeah, I, I, I keep it dry if I can, anytime I can. Absolutely. No, definitely. You mentioned Dustin's favorite vehicle of all time. Oh, me and Dustin can agree on one thing, and it's that the Chevy Traverses, they should all be burned. Crashed, <laughs> crushed up, and never reintroduced ever again. Absolutely. That is uh, the proper it, opinion, my friend. Every time somebody calls with one, I'm like, please no, please no. Just double your price. <laughs> I'm going to buy one, put a Cummins in it, and then ship it to him. Oh, then I'll drive it. Oh. Look, then I'll just I'll just yank all the seats out of it, except, <laughs> except for the front two. I'll rip the carpet out too, so you don't got any of those stupid tracks in the back. No seats. We'll just put a piece of plywood there. It's got Cummins in it. We can do all kinds of cool shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What Absolutely. more do you want? <laughs> I just want to watch. <laughs> That's what she said. All right, so Dustin, uh, what is uh, what's your what's your style like? If you got a bunch of debris, what do you and your guys do? You the vacuum first. How do you go about it? And for everybody that's curious, you know what we keep talking about is is it's a post, and you should go check it out. And it brought about a lot of good uh, 
conversation from Cody as he put in the specialist group. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of what we're talking through your style, what your process would be when you got something like that. Are you vacuuming first? How do you go about it? Yeah. So our process is pretty simple. Um, we're vacuuming first. Always we'll do a quick vacuum through the whole thing. And then, uh, we'll go through and knock the carpets with the vortex gun and perfect the carpets. I actually picked this tip up off of Nick when it came to training the guys, we want the carpets perfect before we go on to doing any plastic. So when the vacuum turns on, it doesn't turn off until them carpets are perfect. What happens when you track back in? Well, I mean, you always do a final vacuum at the end. Oh. Always do a final vacuum. Oh, okay. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, some people don't do the carpets till the end because that way they don't have to go back over it. But, you know, you guys are big on not wasting time and, you know, being so efficient. So I was just curious. So you actually then, you and Mr. Walters actually vacuum multiple times, huh? Yeah, dude, I'm just, yeah. I'm still mind blown that there is somebody in this world that doesn't use a Vortex or Tornador gun because, and then it was like, a double whammy this week when i was out on the road this this detailer he picked up the vortex gun that's on my van he, he goes whoa what is this i'm like what do you mean what is this i'm like this is the holy grail for carpet cleaning like like this changes the whole game <laughs> man i i thought we all used the the tornador gun i, I guess i'm i'm wrong Brian's about to uh, start doing in tears if it's going to change the game. I'm good. I'll believe you. <laughs> You're good, huh? You're good. Derek? I was going to say, for years, I just used brushes around the edges and stuff until I discovered the Tornador. And anyone that comes up to me and asks me what's the first tool or what's the first thing I should get, should I get a carpet extractor or a Tornador? I tell them, just get a Tornador. Like, don't. Like for me, that's how, oh, that's how, that is how well wow. the corridor has done for me. Like once <laughs> I literally was like, people say like, which tool should I get first? I'm like, you buy a corridor. And they go look at me like, what do you mean? Like, cause I use it for like literally what Lucas said, what Dustin said, I'll vacuum. I'll do, if I, whatever I can't get up, especially on the edges and use a corridor to get all that up, lower thing in the center, vacuum. But I'm happy that you guys said that thing about, uh, vacuuming at the end. I do the same thing. Like, that's the final thing I do. And like Dustin said, I don't turn that vacuum off until the carpets are as clean as possible. So my, uh, I was training a guy uh, that was, I was going to try to get to help me. And that was, but he would shut it off. And then I was like, bro, turn it back on. Keep going. Like. Yeah, keep going, man. Just keep rolling. huh? Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. All right. So one of the, uh, the talks that we wanted to have, but before we do, I, I want to get into something that I, I bounced over earlier because, well, I just got too excited about the Tornador. But one of the things that we wanted to talk about tonight was something we've been experiencing. Derek, I know you, you've got something that's pretty interesting, but as we drive around and enjoying our life, sometimes there's some people that get a little pissy with us oh. because uh, we're not too excited about what they're doing and we might, we might bump a horn or in Nick's case, 10 horns, but basically the question is going to be is inside of your car life. What is right now? Your biggest pet peeve going on, Derek, you had one. Mine is, is very close to yours, but it's not in the middle of the street. 
Mine is when we're at a stop sign or something like that. And they, they don't like, but go ahead. You, you, you tell your pet peeve. Cause it's, we share a common one. So I don't know about you guys, but lately, and it's always, it's always when I'm driving to work, you're on a, you know, it's a normal two way road. You know, you got traffic coming this way, traffic going that way. And you know how there's a little bit of a shoulder. So naturally when I, if I need to make a left turn, I try to get over a little bit so that, you know, someone could go around me instead of me holding up there everyone's entire day. Well, lately there's been people that will, it almost looks like they pull it further over to the right so that nobody else, I'm talking nobody, can go past this person just because they need to make a left turn. And I was literally late to work the other day because some guy needed to go to Dunkin' Donuts and it's, you know, rush hour in the morning and everyone's going. And I'm just like, God. So happened once right over here. I'm almost to the main highway to get to work and it happens again. And this guy takes his sweet ass time, slowly turning left. And I'm just like, get, get off the road. And I want to literally take a bottle and throw it at this guy's car to be like, bro, like, be, just get over a little bit so we can all go and we'll all get to work on time. Like, no. I don't know about you, Marty. <laughs> oh my God. I was so mad the other day. When I Mine is because, especially out of, you know, we, we're in a, a warehouse district right at hq and so when you go out to the main street we don't have a main stop we don't have a stoplight we got a stop sign right so if it's there's always i never take a left there it's a main street so i never try and take a left but it seems like there's always somebody there trying to take a left and it's a it's just a two-lane road so we have to sit there and wait because they don't pull all the way up or like you they don't get all the way over and we can't just sneak over to the right and go around and it's just like I always wonder though, do do Dodge truck owners are they only pet peeve givers, or do Dodge truck owners actually have pet peeves when they're out driving, Dustin? Oh man, you know I drive fast everywhere I go. No, so, even on the back end of somebody's tail, dude. Like, get the hell out of my way! <laughs> I, I got places to go. So my pet peeve is if I'm on the interstate. And there's two people going the same speed, mm. passing lane and slow lane. Like, buddy, I will pass you on the shoulder. Yeah. Get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're interrupting my day. You're pissing me off. It's not even that I'm just going <laughs> to Like, if the speed limit's 70, I'm trying to run 85. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Let me enjoy my drive. Get out of the way. Let's get it rolling. If not, you don't need a driver's license. The bus is with two semis are trying to have a dick measuring contest for 20 minutes in both lanes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. Oh, God. Because it's like the guy on the left just can't ever get up to speed and keep going. And the guy on the right just kind of keeps going. I'm just like, come on, guys. And you know they're on the inter- – yeah, you know they're talking to each other. Definitely. All right, Lucas, so yep. is that yours, the, the semis? Oh, hell no. My pet peeve is why the fuck can't people find the skinny pedal when they're getting on the highway? <laughs> If my 75 horsepower daily driver diesel Volkswagen can get to 70 miles an hour by the end of the shortest on-ramp in town, your 200 horsepower crossover can reach at least 50 miles an hour by the end of the on-ramp. That's too much to ask. No, and and people people who break at the end of the on-ramp so they can try and... I've had people come to a complete stop at the end of the on-ramp to try and find a way onto the freeway and... oh. You, mm, 
I swear, Michigan drivers are built dumber and stupider and different than every other state. No, no. Every state (laughs) and every person hearing that has experienced the exact same thing as you have. Yeah. We all experience that. I don't know, Marty. I've only ever heard how terrible the drivers are in Florida. And I drove in Florida (laughs) and I had a blissful experience with how not stupid people were compared to the people in Michigan. It is brutal because we have snow here and Every year, everyone drives in the snow, but then the following year, everyone forgets what it's like to drive in snow. So it is, it is brutal trying to figure out where you're going, how to drive, and not die every single day. Well, Brian likes to drive in the snow, I think. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pretty calm, cool driver. I don't let anything bother me, really. I'm like, and when you're in the snow? Because you're the what? Like white knuckles and like... Uh... Now, mine would be... Uh... People that have like, I don't know, see it all the time now, like five car lengths between them and the next car at like a red light. It's like you can literally um, pull multiple cars in front of them. It's 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 ridiculous. Or well, school drop off. Yeah, <laughs> that that is a common one. All right, cooking with Nick. I think I gotta go with Lucas. The people that try to merge on the interstate at like 35 miles an hour happens everywhere around here now my my area has like actually relatively good drivers but like the one thing they can't do anywhere is merge at speed like if you're on a regular highway or like regular like main road where there's a merging lane with like a quarter mile lane with the yield sign in front of it they'll stop at the beginning of the lane and just wait for an opening when they could go a whole like quarter or half mile and then then just merge. Yeah. Waste so much time. I don't know. I don't know. All right, Wesley, what's it like rolling around in, in your in your Z? You get a lot of uh frustration. You got a pet peeve? Mm, I've got many pet peeves. Um <laughs> aside from the merging thing, um, you know, not this is a different type of merging problem. When the traffic's moving kind of slow and there's a big gap where somebody could jump over, but they just ride the merge lane until it ends because there's, because it's there. Like they had a hole, but they have to go try to squeeze in, you know, that sucks. People that have to stop before they turn in a 50 mile an hour road with no signal. I get that all the time. They just slow all the way down. No turn signal. Basically, three miles an hour, and then they turn. <laughs> mm. Sounds uh, sounds like you enjoy life over there and uh, driving around, huh? He's like, oh, I have many pet peeves. Like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you go to Vegas and drive. That'll be an experience, huh? Nick, oh, what's uh, what's your pet peeve in Vegas right now? Well, we're we're having a little bit of a. We were just talking about this actually uh, with my guys. Something's happened in the trucking world, and you know, I drove to California pretty recently. It was the same thing. You know, out here, trucks used to, and I'm sure it's probably the same other places. Semis weren't even allowed in the left lane, even to pass all the way in the left lane. And there used to be, I think, in California at one point, there was a law against it. Now, truckers just drive in the left lane out here at will it's wild like i I don't i mean they're not even going fast 
So they're not even trying to get to Walmart in a hurry or wherever they're dropping the toys off. I mean, I, I'm not sure what the hell is going on. I mean, they don't even care what lane they're in now. So out here, that's probably been the biggest thing. I mean, obviously the cell phone thing, I've shared that on here before. That's that's just a wild experience to watch somebody dick off at a light on a cell phone. But <laughs> the the craziest change out here has been the semi thing. Like you go any freeway and they're just in left lanes and they're going 55 or 60 or whatever it is they decide they're going to go. They're not trying to pass anybody. They're just there. It's uh, and you know, California has the same problem. So, I mean, I got to imagine it's, it's nationwide at this point, but it's, that was never the case when I, when I, I can, re- since I can remember, I, I never remember being this bad. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't either. Cause I'm with you. I remember semis never could get over into the left lane. It was almost like illegal. I, you know, I guess to what you're saying, it was, I didn't ever know there was illegal. I just knew they weren't supposed to get over there. I think and, some States enforced it. Some didn't. Uh, so guys that drove across the country, they just never got in the left lane. Now that's like middle finger to the sky. They're, they're, they're going to drive in the median. They're going to drive in the right lane and the middle lane. And I mean, they don't care. They're driving wherever they want. Like some of them just in both lanes. It's wild. All right, so let's talk about this. This would be an interesting thing, I think, for the craziest thing that you guys have thrown on a coating. And I, I bring this up because I saw a post where a guy was complaining about spraying the APC on on something, uh, somebody else's coating, right? Some some random coating. Of course, I always talk about this brand or that brand. It's not really so much which brand, right? But he sprayed APC on a coating, and uh, and it stripped it all down. Uh, so what's the less I've got a couple different questions that we'll go through on this. And this is, <laughs> this is interesting because I've done it too. And it, Nick was actually couldn't believe it when I, when we were testing uh, cleanse and, uh, and we had put down a two year spray from a company. And uh, after a week I went to go wash it with cleanse. And I was like, uh, Nick, it's completely gone. He's like, Oh no, you're, you're crazy. No, but like, but no, it really was. So some people have sprayed some crazy stuff on paint to try and get acid, you know, as one. So Lucas, what's the, uh, what's the craziest thing that you sprayed on a coating uh, to, to try and, you know, just test or play around with. And then what happened? Uh, craziest thing I've ever sprayed on a coating Well, sprayed on a coating is probably straight undiluted wheel acid. Ooh, um, I was thinking that. Yeah. And uh, I'm talking the good shit, the stuff that as soon as you spray, <laughs> you're coughing and your eyes are watering. I've sprayed that directly on a coating before. And honestly, at the time, the, the couple times I've done it, it makes the coating be better because it unclogs all the iron particles from the coating. It doesn't affect the coating. Yep. Technically, a coating should be able to right. have a, a pH resistance down to, to resist that, and it should clean out your right. So... That's good, man. And then the craziest thing I've ever put on a coating was uh, just as a demonstration to a customer one time, I poured uh, on my personal hood of my Audi, I poured straight paint thinner, lacquer thinner, right on the hood of my car. Just took, popped the bottle and poured it on the hood. And uh, it kind of left a drip mark on the the little like uh, uh, aluminum trim piece on my grill so i had to you know fuck with that with some compound for a little bit afterwards but the hood was fine i I let it sit there and dry and then i washed it and it was just as fine as it was beforehand cool i like it all right uh dustin 
craziest thing you've thrown out uh, and what happened anything so uh my truck uno is our number one seller at the shop uh i've run uno on my truck last twenty thousand miles can't kill it when i say you can't kill it i've it's been through snowstorms two hurricanes whatever um we've washed it with trx uh, we've washed it with dawn a handful of times i spilled pure soap concentrate on the tailgate and sat there for two weeks um can't kill the stuff still going strong uh, occasionally throw some slick on it or something but even when you strip it down and give it that dawn trx wash it still beads up so uh that's probably the craziest thing that i've thrown on it just because we're we're trying to kill it right we want to see how durable it's going to be um so we can use that as a testimony to our customers cool brian uh, i think same like acid we do acid mass normally on coatings clean them unclog them i mean just nothing i've never done anything crazy like just to test stuff really uh, i mean we we do like like you said trx dawn stuff like that after a bad snowstorm something like that really unclog the coating really with no issues i've never I, i'm i'm glad you and lucas brought out acid right like because it's a thing a lot of people will go there's not a whole lot of people that use acid right now but they'll always you'll see it in a lot of groups and people curious about coatings and they'll go well can i use and they'll list out something right like and you could look at it and you go well that's a high ph or it's a low ph either way and it's like oh no you 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 can't use that you got to use this neutral and you got to do like and it's like everything's got to be this very and it's like hold on a second guys hold on because a coating it's fragile yeah, a coating should be able to withstand yeah. higher levels of pH. That's why we have it. Right. It's not a wax. It's not a sealant. It's a yeah. ceramic coating that hardens. So yeah, there's a reason strip soaps it. are not. There's a reason strip so, strip soaps always have a low pH. It's not because the high pH is what damages the finish. It's the low pH you got to watch out for on a coating, or not necessarily even a coating, but you know. Uh, I haven't tested the the low pH of of any of the hyperclean products, but acid has never given me a problem. It's 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 not something that's ever affected a coating for me. Cool. Yeah, like I said, I'm glad you guys both mentioned that. I don't see that inside of discussions very much. So, thanks, Derek. Craziest thing uh, that you've thrown out on a coated vehicle, and and what what happened? Uh, nothing too crazy. I mean, I did a car that uh, we coded, and then the the customer was going to bring it back to the it was a lease vehicle, so they were going to bring it back. So we did. I just added a little bit of TRX to foam wash um, in like the, my foam cannon to kind of give a little bit more bite power to kind of pull everything off, and it you know came back. I mean, the customer was kind of surprised too because the worst part was all the lower panels, like close, parts that are close to the road. So usually, if the car is pretty bad. Like I'll just, you know, spray the greaser like on the lower panels and stuff. But I've the only other thing I've ever done is uh like wheel brightener, one of those like uh the acid based like uh, wheel cleaners. I'll spray on like maybe the lower panels if they have like a lot of uh, water spots on them. But I've not gone too crazy with like uh straight wheel acid or anything like that. Okay. All right, cooking with Nick. Let's let's check in with him, see how the pasta's going. What's it looking I'll like, man? The, um I'll do the craziest thing on the coating first. We tried to strip a um, a sealant at once. Um, it was coated, and then they put sealant on it. 
And um, luckily, this was my cousin's car, so I haven't really had to worry about like damaging it. But I phoned the entire car; it was super clean, undiluted. Yeah. Long cannon. Let it sit for like five minutes. There were still some spots that were still beating, which was sus. But yeah, super clean. As for the pasta. Oh, oh sir. Done. Good job. About to plate up. Almost there. Tasty, man. Tasty. Looks great. All right, let's check in with the other Nick. Nick, what uh how's you been playing around or you guys been playing around over the years? What's the craziest thing that you try to throw on a coated car? I'd say like a new car solvent, you know, seeing how tough something is. You know acid you know with water spots if you go back to when coatings first kind of landed here 2010 to 2014 you dealt with so many water spots that you had to become really comfortable with acid on coatings uh so you know a lot of times what you see in these groups as guys are fearful they never dealt with a finicky coating like a truly finicky coating because you had to try everything uh <laughs> when coatings would get water spotted you know, 2012, I remember you just like look at it and go, dude, if we can't get these out by any means necessary and we got to get a polisher out, we're in a, you're sand in a car. I mean, that's what it felt like. And so, yeah, I, I tried a lot of stuff. I, I find a really good coating, Dustin shared Uno, uh, really good coating. None of this stuff really should touch it negatively unless it's literally on its last leg and you're just kind of taking off some bits and pieces here and there. I, I don't I don't see chemical being that much of a problem unless it was going to take the actual paint off uh, type of chemical. But yeah, I, I I've tried everything. I mean, I, I've never been fearful of that at all. Yeah, it's kind of seems to be the moral of the story, right? Like if you've got a good solid coating, you really shouldn't have to worry about what chemical you put on there, given right given that it wouldn't cause severe damage yeah. to the paint anyway. You know? Yeah. And you're not letting it bake on there. It's not what we're saying, you know, putting some on and rinsing it off or letting it sit, not letting it dry, that kind of thing. I mean, responsible chemical use. I mean, it's hard to find something probably on that paint thinner, you know, acetone solvent level that I think should really affect many coatings that guys should be using now. Well, definitely. All right. Wesley. You uh you experimented around with uh, throwing crazy stuff on uh because you're big on on putting on coating. So, what uh what have you experienced? I haven't done anything on purpose to try to damage a coating, you know, that I did or that you know came to me or whatever. I've you know I've accidentally gotten gasoline on the side of a a coated car. Like my wife's uh my wife's old Rogue had Uno on it. She got some, she, she spilled gas down the side of the car. We were an hour and a half away from home. When we got home, you know, I washed it real quick and there was no degradation, you know, where that, where that gas had spilt on it. Um, I've gotten, I accidentally gotten brake clean on the side of a car that was coated. Um, but, you know, we just finished what we were doing, wiped it off, finished what we were doing, pulled it back outside. You know, I think we did some waterless or something like that. Um, didn't that didn't hurt it but i haven't like thrown anything at it on purpose um I, you you saw the post i did recently about using a strong uh water spot remover acid on the back of the z because it doesn't have any cats on it all that carbon and extra fuel that gets blown out the back of it and it's just a big vacuum it all sticks to the back of it so probably once every seven eight washes 
I'll spray some of that on the back bumper and take a clean towel and just wipe over it and then rinse it off. And it brings the beading right back, the trays on that car. So, um, and I use TRX on the lowers of stuff all the time. Um, people shouldn't be scared of it. It's only a 10 pH. So it's not even like super clean or some crazy. It's not like a 14 or anything like that. It's not a, like you say, it's not super caustic. It's just got a lot of, uh, surfactants and stuff in it cleaning agents that aren't nasty so don't be yeah, afraid I, of using I, i'm glad you i'm glad you mentioned that and i i think really overall like we said a second ago the overall lesson i think a lot of people will gather from this and especially what you talked about there is you know listen you can put as long as <laughs> once again we'll say it, you know as long as you're using a good good quality product as your coating then you really shouldn't have any issues and it goes back and I'll say it again, because it just seems to be, we get asked or you'll see it in the groups all the time about, you know, well, can I use this soap or can I use this on a coating? Like, I think the overall answer is yes. Yeah. Just, just do it. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah, you know where that quality. came from that kind of got into the orbit because there's a, a couple guys, but a, a, one of the guys on YouTube who's a detailer and I really like him, but he does these quote unquote torture tests and he's spraying APC on the hood and he's, mm. you know, wiping his wash mitt twice. And again, that's not a test, you know, he's making it a test for content. And so people start to see this and then they spread out and they all start to give this opinion on how to test a coating or how to text, test a wax or a sealant or a spray. It, it just doesn't work that way. Right. And, and that's what it comes down to is I think that's where it came from. It was really born out of some of these two channels, I think, on YouTube kind of yeah. frightened everybody. Right. Because they, they made people believe the APC test was like some kind of big test. Well, if you see APC as a pretty safe cleaner in your arsenal, now you're scared to use it. And so then they definitely wouldn't use acid or they definitely wouldn't use TRX or they definitely wouldn't use those types of things. So I think that's where it came from, truthfully, is nobody that I know who was educated in coatings as a professional is scared of the chemical that they use on the, you know, like it's going to hurt the coating in any way. I, I don't think. Well, well, we see it in, you know, we see it in questions, we see it in groups and stuff. The other thing that's been interesting about coatings and groups lately is, uh, well, you got two that's interesting. The amount of people are suddenly talking about how they previously did all these layers, but now they're getting cars out in four hours and they're <laughs> bragging about it. And it's like, awesome. Love it. Glad you're getting cars out in four hours now. So wonderful to see that you guys are catching up. And also, as uh, Wesley mentioned, waterless with brake cleaning. Well, you know, is that what you did? No, I'm joking. But you guys seen the video of the guy using a WD-40 and spraying it all down oh. the panel on the tires and oh. all around. I, I mean, it's blowing over every it. group right yes. now. Everybody's posting oh that one. Oh, my God. It, actually, it's funny you guys mentioned that because I had mentioned it to someone at, at uh, work today, and then a customer had come in and said, apparently, that's what they uh -oh. used to do back in the day. The guy was saying he had an old Camaro. And he used to spray WD-40 all over the cars, and it would shine the car up real good. And he showed us all these pictures. And I'm looking at this guy. He didn't buy anything. But I'm looking at this dude like, really? And he's like, yeah, man, we spray over. And then we used to spray Pam on the, like, uh, like the pledge and all the better work. And one of my buddies, his dad just still does that when they go to car shows. He'll get underneath the car and look a little creeper and spray pledge all over everything. 
It, look, it does look good, but How I do you I think Nick's good. cars look so good, man. That's what he, he hasn't <laughs> told you his secret sauce. Uh, hey, WD 40, Marty. I know you, you and the folks over there in Tulsa used to spray, spray some blue magic on some panels. So I don't know if you should be chuckling <laughs> so hard. Blue mm. magic. <laughs> we grew, hey, we, we grew up in the Midwest. I'm telling you, that blue magic in, ended up on a lot of panels, boys. <laughs> no doubt about it. Dude, I won't even let my guys use that in the shop. Like, they'll bring that. So, they like that aerosol stuff that I had to break them off of. And I'm like, guys, I'm not buying that shit. It goes everywhere in the shop. I'm not buying it. Next thing I know, I see cans popping up. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, I, and, and so we still have Stevie. He's a distributor. We buy a couple things from him here and there. And I'm like, you didn't buy like like I didn't pay for that, right? <laughs> Logan's like, no, 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 I bought it. I'm like, good, keep that shit out of my shop. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing was the thing that what was that for me is when it atomizes and gets all over everything. I never had a yeah. problem like spraying it. I mean, Marty's really kind of educated on this. Solvent tire shine can be done really well. The problem is when you get the cheap you know it's not cheap in cost but this product inside those aerosols is cheap or you get blue magic that stuff gets in the air at all it's all over everything it's on windows you can't finish windows you're wiping it going damn what the hell's going on in this glass and all of a sudden it's there and you got little dots everywhere the the truth the, the truth is solvent tire shine really shouldn't act that way but that's the one thing we have all in our head like dude when it's bad it's bad it's no different than wd-40 Dude, faded trim. How about when you spray it and it ends up on faded trim? You're not getting that stuff off. Of there. Yeah. <laughs> it is so bad. All right, Derek. I think it's time. It's time for that tab out question of the night. All right, guys. So this one I pretty interested with the group we got tonight. So so let's look back at the cars that we've owned. Which one would you want back? And what would you change or mod on it? Mm. Okay. Okay. Which I'll, one I'll go, would we want back? And what would we change or mod on it? Listen, I'll go I, first. I'll go, you're sorry, going first? Yeah, right, I'll, go, going I'll, first? I'll go first. Yeah, so I would want my old Explorer back there. I used to have a, a 91 Eddie Bauer Explorer with the wood trim on the inside. It, it had the running boards. It was in a tan brown color with the roof mm. rack on it and, and i don't know something about that that explorer the four-wheel drive did not work really well you turn it on it would get stuck but it just i don't know just one of my cool vehicle to own i don't know i was really sad when it, it was actually one of the vehicles where i had gotten in an accident and somebody had hit me and it wasn't my fault and i literally was like sort tear when that thing had to get towed away because my dad was like derek we're not we're not fixing that. <laughs> it's, it's going. We're going to file insurance. It's gone. Um, if I had to get it back, I think I would just get a new paint job on it, like, uh, and then just leave it the way it was. Like, it was a really cool car. Okay. I was thinking it might be for me, my S10, you know, but lower it, kind of make it a show truck. I was like, hell no, I can't do that. I, I just can't do lowered. So I would go with my rodeo. I really, that was still one of my favorite vehicles that I own was rodeo, stick shift. 
Uh, but what I would do is I would give it a little bit of a lift and I'd throw in some big Mickey's or some, some big, nice fat tires on there. So that have a little bit of more of a, that off-road rugged look to it because the rodeo was cool. It was off-road and you could throw it in four wheel drive, but it, it, you know, I never did anything like that. I never put any bigger tires and it was just, you know, it just kind of cruised and it was chill. Um, but that's what I would definitely have. I think if I could get that back, I'd give it a little bit of lift, give a little bit of meat to it. I think it'd look pretty good. All right, Lucas. I bet you it's a Volkswagen. Oh, actually, it's not. It's my oh. 2000. It's my 2010 Camaro SS. Oh, spent, you talked about that. Yeah. Wow. I spent yeah, 10 grand on the motor in that to make it a gnarly ass cammed out, new heads, polished and ported, naturally aspirated 520 horsepower. And that thing did not fuck around and lots of people found out but if i was gonna if i had it back which i'd love to have it back i would have spent the 10 grand on a pro charger instead hmm. well, okay dustin all right i'm about to blow your minds here oh, oh well mate maybe not maybe not but anyways uh, so when I moved Chevy to Traverse. Florida, <laughs> no no well, when i moved to florida um I had this red Cummins and I got hit and it ended up getting totaled. So I found this like 2004 single cab short bed, two wheel drive, had a five, seven Hemi in it. This old guy owned it. They lived in like a retirement home community. Clean as a whistle, dude. Bone stock. I got this thing, brought it back to the house, dropped it six inches. Thing was just setting, dude nice and low i wish i would have kept it because when i moved back to west virginia i sold it so i get another diesel truck sold it i should have kept it put a big fat cam in it oh man just really dumped some money into that thing had about a 500 horsepower you know single cab two-wheel drive truck would have been a blast it handled really well because it was low i actually tried to buy it back this summer and the guy's like man i just sold it like two months ago Ah, uh, so almost. was super bummed about that, and he was like, "Yeah, dude, it put down like five hundred thirty-five horse on the dyno when I sold it." That's Damn, legit. that's sickening. Yeah, definitely. Brian, uh, were you a low rider guy? Is that what you're gonna bring back? You're gonna bring back your low rider that you had I, back in the day? I, I am actually a low rider guy. I had a '94 Toyota with uh, hydraulics, uh, four pump batteries. I'd, She'd hop about two, three feet off fours off the ground. It was a cool little truck. Hell but yeah. That's awesome. I would, uh, wow. I would, my 1980 Honda Civic wagon. That was my first car. Oh my God. I would love to have that car back. It got, I got a T-bone when I was uh, younger. I think I was 19. I had the car and someone totaled it. And, but it was, it was my dad's, it was my dad's like first like new car he bought when uh, he got it. And it was, uh, it was a cool car. It was just a little four cylinder, like ninety six horsepower, and I think it was it was just a cool car. Yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. What is it that you? What is it that made it so cool? What is it you loved about it? Uh, it was the first car, and just you know, it was five speed. And, I mean, it, it was just a little little four cylinder motor, and just fun to drive. And hey, man, what what was it like? Right, like that was first times you had to learn stick back in the back in the day, right? Like I still remember the hills. Yeah. 
of tr yep. trying to get through the neighborhoods and all the stop signs, like trying to get off of the curb and trying, you know, let my clutch out. My that Chevy clutch was real, real. That spring was real <laughs> strong, so it was yeah. popping all the time. It. What was it like for you, learning? That was fun. I mean, other than your dad yelling at you, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> jump the car you don't need a jump pack i mean shit you just pop the clutch get a couple buddies push in pop that clutch and you're off to go and <laughs> it, it, it's just cool but uh the mod i would change I, this time i probably make sure both uh the, the passenger and the driver's seat match this time uh but that's that's probably <laughs> <laughs> oh god because <laughs> they're notorious that 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 driver's seat would blow out on that left hand side so you had to go to the junkyard get yourself a different one <laughs> but uh, that was a cool car I love the old like the seventy sixes and stuff like that. Civics, they're just, I mean, it was just uh, a fun little cars. So, uh, pure analog, like Nick's talks about. Yeah, you know, yeah, just pure like, analog feeling. No power steering. I mean, you're, when you're in tight, you're sitting there pulling. Even their little thirteen inch rims. I mean, you're sitting there pulling on the wheel, and you're in a little spot. It's just it was it, you were driving that car. It was just cool. <laughs> yeah. So a, a, a feeling that few people ever get to experience is no power steering and you're in a tight spot yep. uh, inside a parking lot or trying to get around an area and you've got a clutch with a stick yep. shift. Yeah. That's a real interesting combination when you're 16 years old. Yeah. Happened to my buddy. Happened to your buddy. Huh? What happened? Yeah. I, I no. listen, I didn't hit anything. So no, no. I'm just <laughs> saying it's interesting. It's interesting. The so I said we went to a car show and he had his uh, he had his, he has his 1966 Belvedere and we she was trying to parallel park it and this guy's like just turn the wheel turn the wheel and he's like it's got manual steering the guy was like oh like and he like <laughs> he like let him just do it because he's sitting there trying to like turn the wheel to get it to go and he's like and the guy was like what are you doing like he was yelling because he couldn't parallel park and we're all trying to yell at him like bro like and then they as soon as we heard he's like he backed off he's like oh okay. The big steering wheels back then. I mean, you had a, you had a wheel. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, like, it was, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like in the submarine. You like had to go on both, like around the side and flip it around. Like, that's hilarious. All right, Nick. Yeah. Nick Walters. Hey, can you run the podcast, please? There's a couple of Nicks on here. Um, <laughs> Cooking with Nick is how he's always introduced. Oh, got it. I'll go back to so, Mr. Walters. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Well, the logical one for me would be an E39 M5 that I had, but actually the, the most fun. And then you want to put a fourth door on it. Yes. No. Nailed no, it. No, I would drive that thing off the cliff with the people that are in the Jeep culture now. <laughs> oh, um, oh, um, oh, no, Suzuki Samurai. That's the one I have. Oh, okay. okay. Just, just for the pure okay. fun of it. I've owned a lot of cars, a um, couple Cor uh, Corvette, things like that. E39 M5. Uh, but Suzuki Samurai, just for like the nostalgia, you don't see them. You know, they don't drive around. They're not, they're just, they're just rare uh, to see. And, and I would have it bone stock because that's the way you never see them. They're always trash. They're always like lifted on terrible uh, tires and rims. If you went, I, I already know. Marty, you don't have to point at yourself. We, <laughs> once you I'm enter that four-door Jeep club, it never goes back. Um, but, yeah, that's probably the one. I think it would just be fun, you know, uh, 
sometimes it's not always the best car you own. It's kind of like the unique stuff, I think. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's go over to cooking with Nick. Okay, so I may have to pull a um, Shawshank detailing special and bend the rules here. Um, Who's that? The first two cars I owned were minis. I had a 13 base model automatic. The second one was a S automatic. I totaled the first one. But now that I have a JCW manual 2011, I don't miss any of the ones I had before. And I have the Alpha, which is amazing. So, like, I, I don't really care about losing the, the last two cars I had. But I really want my Mini back up and running, my current one. So, if I had one back, it'd be my current one. All right. Okay. Wesley. Yeah. Yeah, like it. Wesley. All right. See if I can... Uh... Yeah, what uh, what car go. would you bring back? And what well, we can't see the video on the uh, on the episode. So, what okay. uh, tell us about that car? All right, so mine would be uh, my ninety one two forty SX fastback S thirteen. I bought it going into college um, from the first owner, sixty five year old lady. I know it seems cliche, but it was perfect. I paid twenty five hundred bucks for that car, and wow! Today it's probably it was mint. Um, it was an LE with leather and power, everything, and a disc changer and all that crazy stuff. It was kind of unheard of for ninety one. Um, so Those yeah, disc five changers speed, though. <laughs> yeah, five speed swapped it. You know, coils and wheels and all that stuff. But I left the stock motor, so. If I could have that car back, um, I'd probably do a RB25 um, with the big, you know, not a big turbo, but a bigger turbo. Make 450, 500, and do the uh, 180SX Type X um, body, the bumpers and side skirts and the wing and stuff from Japan. So that's what I would do. There's one reason those cars have any value because there's three left that haven't been drifted into a wall. <laughs> yeah, that was almost the case back when I had that car. I sold it for a thousand dollars more than I paid for it. Um, Can't find now, them stock. Now I could probably get nineteen for it if it was the same car that I sold. So why yeah. do they always drift into the walls, Nick? And the drifting culture, you know, <laughs> when, those, when those cars were cheap, they just dude they overpowered them drifting had just started to take off and they all just ended up into ditches walls the whole nine i mean that's sort of like the nissan uh the nissan problem of the, like the 1990s like z's is you can't ever find them in good shape they're all just wrecked to hell um you got very few brands that have been hit that hard by drifting but there's a there's not very many good z's left yeah, 350s, they've moved on from 240s to 350s, and now 240s are astronomical because of their rarity, and all the 350s are trashed. Well, sounds like a good one to bring back then. Well, good call, good call. Guys, thanks so much, Derek. Good tab out question. Thanks no for having a beer with me, and uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Lucas, buddy, always a pleasure to have you on. 
Brian, I see you finished your margarita and gone over to a little ultra. Yeah, went to the Nick. Nick didn't know that we could drive without license, but Nick, did you know that he can drive with open container? It's a thing. No way, for real. They say you could drive. (laughs) (laughs) That would be wild. So they'll give you this when you leave a restaurant with a margarita. Let's say it's legal, like when you're driving, but it's what they. (laughs) They put a straw in it, ready to go. That's the best story of the night. I mean, that's that's crazy. <laughs> hey, Vegas is crazy. I mean, you can walk wherever you want. I mean, that that's got to take the cake. That's that, that hey, that's a winner right there. That all started with COVID, so they have restaurants to be able to sell liquor and alcohol. So they made to go option available, and it hasn't gone away. In oh, great! Don't blame them. I wouldn't do it away with it either. Good call. Hey, it's that's bringing a whole new thing to one for the ditch, huh? Right. <laughs> oh my God. Love it. Love it. All right, Wesley, man. Good to see you. Thanks for hopping on. Derek, Dick, great tab out question as always. Nick, always a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming in. Cooking with Nick. Go to it's underscore grooms. You can go check out his pasta. It looked delicious. And for everybody that has a Dodge truck rubbing up their back end, you can thank Dustin for that. So <laughs> Dustin, man, always a pleasure, brother. All right, you guys enjoy your night. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for coming on the community pub. See you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah. Hey community. I wanted to give a special thank you as I close out this wonderful community pub to everybody that has been tagging us inside of the other groups. When somebody says, Hey, what coding or Hey, coding, Hey, coding, right? There's always people in a group. Maybe you're in one of those groups and you see somebody ask about a coding We are very grateful and it's really fun to get tagged into those. So wherever you see that inside of group, feel free. We don't mind. We love it. We'll go in and we'll chime in and it's always a great time. So thank you for everybody that has been doing that yet and tagging us inside of groups when people ask about ceramic coatings. Let them know your experience, right? It's not just about tagging, but let them know your experience. What is it that you love? What great things have you got to experience by using hyper clean ceramic coatings. Hey, this is Marshall and I hope you make it a great day.